Hi, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. We're going to talk to you today about tax evasion. So I'm Lana Childers. I'm Savannah Swafford. And I'm Jack Nestrick. Um, first, let us give you a good definition of tax evasion, which is the illegal non-payment or underpayment of taxes, usually by deliberately making a false declaration or no declaration to the tax authorities. Um, you might do this by declaring less income, less profits, or less gains than the amounts that were actually earned by overstating deductions. The IRS determines tax evasion um, usually on an audit of the filed tax return. In the audit, the IRS finds errors that the taxpayer knowingly and willingly committed. The error amounts are usually large and occur for several years, showing a pattern of willful evasion. How long can the um, IRS go after you for tax evasion, you might ask. The IRS can go back six years to audit and assess additional taxes, penalties, and interest for unfiled taxes. However, there is no statute of limitations if you failed to file a tax return or if the IRS suspects you committed fraud. So who goes to prison for tax evasion? Many people are afraid of IRS audits and maybe even going to jail if they make a major mistake. But in fact, fear of the IRS audit is one of the main reasons that people strive to file timely and accurately in their tax returns each year. Um, but the reality is very few taxpayers go to jail for tax evasion. Um, in 2015, the IRS indicted only 1,330 taxpayers out of 150 million taxpayers for legal source tax evasion. So the IRS mainly targets people who underestimate what they owe, which is more of the top 1% of American incomes. Tax evasion cases mostly start with taxpayers who misreport their income, their credits, and or their deductions on their tax returns, or they don't file a required tax return. So some of the other things that they look for with your unreported income is companies will report if you have a side hustle, that you would get a 1099. Um, and if you earn interest, you would also get a 1099. And if your behavior is kind of dodgy during the audit, then that sends up some red flags that they might want to look into you a little deeper. So there's tax evasion and tax avoidance, and they're two different things. So while tax evasion is illegal, tax avoidance isn't necessarily so. <laughs> There's two strategies of tax avoidance. There's shifting and conversion. Shifting is the process of trying to lower one's tax liability by shifting income from higher income persons to lower income persons or shifting liabilities from lower income persons to higher income persons. And then conversion is converting income from one classification of income to another to reduce tax liabilities, such as trying to state that something is preferential income with preferential rates instead of ordinary income with higher ordinary rates. Next, we have 10 notable celebrities that have had a run-in with the IRS. <clears throat> to start us off, we have Pete Rose. If gambling problems that resulted in a lifetime ban from baseball weren't enough, tax issues have also plagued baseball's all-time career hit leader. Rose spent five months in jail in 1990 for failing to report earnings from gambling winnings and income from selling memorabilia. 
Dean Cain also has had his issues. The star of The New Adventures of Superman failed to pay income taxes in 2011 and 2012, according to TMZ, and was hit with a, a $190,000 tax lien. Wesley Snipes earned $38 million from 1990, 1999 to 2006, but never filed any tax returns. As a result, Snipes had to spend three years in jail for not paying the IRS $7 million worth of taxes. He was released in April of 2013. Lauren Hill, the singer of Killing Me Softly, ended up killing the IRS softly by not paying roughly a million dollars on $2.3 million of income earned from 2005 to 2009. She spent three months in prison as a result. Sinbad, the, com the comedian, had to file bankruptcy uh, had to file for bankruptcy in 2013 after not paying state or federal taxes since 2009. He owed the IRS $8.3 million in back taxes from 1998 to 2006, according to ABC News. Fat Joe, the rapper, served four months in prison in 2013 after he pleaded guilty to two counts of failing to file taxes with the IRS on more than $3 million of income. Teresa and Joe uh, Goodis, Goddess, the, star, the, the stars of The Real Housewives of New Jersey were indicted on 39 counts of fraud and tax charges in July of 2013. According to the U.S. Weekly, Joe was charged for failing to file tax returns from 2004 to 2009. In October 2014, Teresa was sentenced to 15 months in prison and Joe got 41 months in prison. The couple was ordered to pay a total of $414,000 in restitution. Also on the list is Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne, who ran into tax issues in 2011 after having unpaid taxes of $718,000 in 2008 and a $1 million in 2007. When interviewed, Sharon said that, that there appeared to be confusion between who was in charge of paying their taxes, them or their accountants. Willie Nelson in 1992 had his assets seized by the Internal Revenue Service for not paying $16 million in unpaid taxes due to the investments he had made in the early 1980s, which were later ruled illegal by the IRS. As a result, he was facing an additional tax bill with interest and penalties on top of his original unpaid taxes. So I'm going to talk about four people that I found kind of interesting that committed tax evasion. So first, I'm going to talk about Nicolas Cage, who's born in 1964. He's a famous actor and producer. He's been in many different movies, and I actually grew up watching him in Ghost Rider, A National Treasure, and have seen him around my hometown in Mobile and around New Orleans. So Cage made over $150 million between 1996 and 2011, yet he blew through it all because of his reckless spending. Then in 2009, the IRS slapped him with a $6.2 million tax lien for delinquent taxes. The IRS alleged that Cage failed to pay over $6.2 million in federal income tax in 2007, and he owed a total of approximately $14 million in taxes. <clears throat> he claims he is now fully up to date with his taxes. He was improperly deducting personal expenses, trying to report personal deductions as business deductions. He made individual deductions for meals, trips, limos, and many more. And he also committed underreporting by failing to report all of his income. 
Next is Michael Avenatti. He was born in 1971, and he's an American former attorney. He was disbarred from practicing law. He cheated four clients out of millions of dollars and pleaded guilty to four counts of wire fraud. He defrauded a Mississippi bank by submitting false tax returns to obtain more than $4 million in loans. He, it's alleged that he had not filed personal tax returns in years and has owed at least $1.2 million in federal taxes. During his, during his trial, Judge Selna ordered Avenatti to pay $10,810,709 in restitution to the four clients he cheated and to the IRS. Avenatti corruptly obstructed and impeded the IRS's efforts to collect more than $3.2 million in unpaid payroll taxes, which includes money that he withheld from the paychecks of employees at the company he owned. He obstructed the IRS's efforts to collect this money that his company owed by making false statements to an IRS revenue officer, directing employees to stop depositing cash receipts and changing the company name, employer identification number, and bank account info listed with his credit card processing company to avoid IRS levies. And next is Robert Brockman. Born in 1941, died in 2022. He was an American business, businessman and billionaire who was the former CEO of Reynolds and Reynolds Software Company. He was accused of the biggest tax fraud in U.S. history, allegedly concealing more than $2 billion from the IRS in a scheme that spanned decades. And he also had a scheme to defraud investors in the software company's debt securities. Federal prosecutors charged Brockman with using offshore companies, code names, and even burner phones to hide more than $2 billion of income. He faced charges of tax evasion, wire fraud, money laundering, and failure to disclose assets overseas, but he died before he stood trial. The IRS alleges that he owed over $1.4 billion in taxes fraud penalties, and interest due to his actions. Last, I'm going to talk about Mike Sorrentino, a.k.a. The Situation. Born in 1982, he's an American TV personality, famous for Jersey Shore. And in 2014, he was charged with tax fraud for not paying taxes on over $8.9 million of income. He was sentenced to eight months in prison with two years of supervised probation after release, after pleading guilty. He admitted that in 2011, he earned taxable income, including some in cash, that he tried to conceal to avoid paying full amounts of taxes he should have owed. He made cash deposits into bank accounts of less than $10,000 each so that these deposits wouldn't come to the IRS's attention. And as of June 2022, he still owed the IRS $2.3 million in back taxes. I have a couple of cases that were interesting to me um, because of the jail term that the um, perpetrators received. So my first is Michael Dexter Little. He received 19 years and six months for his um, crimes. He... Um, committed wire fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, 
and aggravated identity theft. He was um, or, ordered to forfeit $12.3 million, which were traceable to the proceeds of his offense. He pled guilty to his crimes in October of 2021. So he filed a series of false returns claiming massive bogus fuel tax credits. He filed the false returns in his own name and the names of his co-conspirators and the identity of uh, the theft victims. As a result of the scheme, Little and his co-conspirators obtained at least $12.3 million in fraudulent tax refunds and attempted to obtain at least $27 million more. Little and his co-conspirators also conspired to launder their ill-gotten gains and use significant portions of the fraudulent tax refunds to purchase real estate and other assets. Uh, the note here is Little had already been convicted of tax fraud twice prior to this conviction, one in 1999 and the other in 2003. So my second case that I found, um, and this is one where a lawman really turned against the law. He was a San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputy. His name was Christopher Lloyd Burnell, and he was sentenced to um, 168 months in federal prison, somewhere around 14 years, in order to pay restitution of $7,592,491, which was what they could trace back to um, his earnings from his illegal deeds. As the judge described him, he was one of the most evil people that he had ever dealt with in the in the law, and he ordered him to be remanded to custody immediately upon his um, indictment. So he pleaded, Burnell pleaded guilty to 10 counts of the 11 counts of wire fraud and two counts of filing a, a tax, a false tax return. So he deceived, um, Many wealthy businessmen and had reported a, basically a Ponzi scheme that they could receive 100% return on investment within a few weeks. So he had spent all of the money and um, gaining new investors, and he falsified bank records to show that he was he was uh, flush with cash. He showed um, on his bank statement that he had 150 million dollars. When in actuality, he only had $6,500. So he had spent the money um, just on everything that you could think of, cars, boats, women. Um, false child support payments were also something that he noted on his tax returns. So he never reported any of the income for the investors into his um, so-called business. He said that he had that money came from gambling winnings. And then he also stated how he had gambling losses to offset the winnings. While the average tax evader is merely guilty of heeding bad advice or even just forgetting to file their tax return, Walter Anderson is quite different. At 52, Anderson pleaded guilty to tax evasion and faced up to a 10 year imprisonment and restitution. Anderson was guilty of crafting a scheme involving offshore corporations and make accounts to avoid paying taxes on $450 million that he earned from business ventures between 1995 and 1999. Anderson did this by creating multiple corporations in the British Virgin Islands and then subsequently issued shares 
of one of them to the other. In doing this, Anderson concealed his ownership in each of the of said companies. Between October 1992 and July of 1996, Anderson transferred his ownership interest in three telecommunication companies that he started, Mid-Atlantic Telecom, Esprit Telecom, and Telco Communications Group, to the Shell Corporations. After these transactions were made, the value of each of these corporations dramatically increased. Between 1995 and 1999, Anderson used the assets of these new shell corporations, which included the profits realized from these three telecommunication corporations, to invest in other business ventures that generated more than $450 million in earnings. Anderson conducted most of these transactions through bank accounts located in the Channel Islands, a known tax haven jurisdiction. In the end, Anderson failed to disclose to his tax return preparers that he controlled these shell corporations and foreign bank accounts. As a result, Anderson's U.S. individual income tax returns for 1998 and 1999 omitted approximately $126,239,000,000 of income, respectively. Anderson similarly filed a false D.C. income tax return for the tax year 1999, failing to report this income. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast, and don't, don't forget, forget to pay your, your taxes. taxes. <laughs>